Liz Sumner, and this is I Always Wanted To, the podcast where I interview people who are doing things that others long to do. What have you always wanted to try? My guest today is Annie Pagaro. Annie is a high-performance mindset coach, helping women discover themselves through embracing their inner critic to create a life of impact and abundance. In 2017, she made a decision to go live on Facebook to ask for help in finding her birth mother. I want to hear that story. Welcome, Annie. Thank you so much for having me, Liz. I'm so honored, and I love that you're shining light on not only my story, but but this topic, as I feel like it needs to be discussed more. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. So when you were little, did you know that you were adopted? Yes, I actually don't ever remember not knowing. My parents told me that I was adopted when I was really small. I actually don't remember the conversation. So it was either that I was very, very small or that it was super traumatizing for me because growing up and as a small child, the thing that I really focused on was that I just wanted to be from them, from my parents, from their love. And I really struggled with that for many, many years. So you felt separate Tell me a little bit more about what you struggled with. Sure. I, I felt that because I was not from them, from their bodies, from their uh, DNA, that somehow, you know, that made me different or separate, even though their love has mm-hmm. been then and is still now mm-hmm. so incredible and accepting. It was just something that I had created in my own mind, mm-hmm. you know, a limit that I put on myself that I I was always thinking and feeling that I just, if I could just be from them, everything mm-hmm. would be different. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until, you know, so many years later, just healing and self-acceptance really, um, that I was able to overcome that obstacle. What, if anything, did you know about your actual birth mother? Sure. Um, You know, I had a lot of questions. And, you know, this was back in 1975. And it was through, you know, a private adoption. So all that my, the only thing that, um, that my parents knew was that the woman who gave birth to me was very, very young that she was very young and that she was Italian, that she was from an Italian family. And that's, that's all that, that we knew. And what were the circumstances that your adoptive parents wanted to adopt a child? They had tried to have a baby of their own for 11 years and um, it just it just wasn't happening. It just wasn't meant to be for them to, to have to conceive uh, together. So they started looking into adoption. And at first, my my father and they, you know, discussed this with me so many times that he was hesitant. Um, he he wasn't he wasn't really sure. And he said, Okay, well, if the baby can be from an Italian family, then then we can do it. Because <laughs> my father, um, you know, his his parents came from Italy in the twenties, I believe. 
And it was just the Italian um, culture and everything was, is, has been so very important to my, to my family, their heritage, that they didn't feel that they would be able to know how to relate to another human in their family if they were not of Italian descent. Wow, oh, that's cool. Did you always want to find your actual birth mother? No, I didn't. I didn't. I felt, you know, as I, in, into my 20s and 30s, I felt more um, accepting of my path and my journey. And this is what was meant for me. Um, I knew that I was meant to, uh, you know, to, to do something to help women, but I just wasn't sure what. And I, I came into a lot of self-acceptance as as I aged and grew older. I, I I felt that after a while I was I was okay with it. You know, I was like, I don't, I don't need to to know. Uh, and I realize now that a lot of that came from fear. I I had a lot of fear mm. wrapped up in what was I going to find? You know, mm. what if I was rejected? Mm-hmm. What if I brought up old you know, wounds that, that were very deep for another person. I just, I didn't want to do that. And also the, the court process that felt very daunting and overwhelming and not something I wanted to dig into. Um, I didn't want to petition the court to have the, the sealed records open. It just seemed like no way, like there was no way I was going to go about that. So I did spend uh, many hours, many nights up late at night, Googling, just Googling and And hoping that I would find- How old were you at at this time? This, um, I was in my mid thirties, mid thirties when, you know, well, as long as the internet was around, I started Googling. So that was probably okay. in the, the late um, 90s, I started Googling. Um, but I really, you know, into my mid-30s, I, I decided that I was going to kind of make a little bit of an effort to to find her. Uh, whereas before, you know, in my 20s, I felt, you know, that, that it, it just wasn't necessary. I didn't I didn't need to find mm-hmm. her. I had enough love and also mm-hmm. a lot of fear wrapped up in what I was going to find. So when you did the, the searches for information, you, you learned that there was like a, a heavy duty court process. What, what did you learn in those Google searches? Sure. You know, I would Google like how to find adoptive parents, how to find um, or how to find birth parents when the records are sealed or or things Mm -hmm. like that in Pennsylvania. And I knew I knew that it was through uh, Catholic services and that's all I knew. So, um, you know, I thought about maybe going in person somewhere like I wasn't even sure where to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought about writing a letter, uh, but I was uh, at the time a law enforcement officer with the federal government and I was like I don't even want to dig in mm-hmm. to this like court process or or deal with with any with any of this. So I just knew that it was going to be like um a kind of a long road and something that I didn't feel you know, ready or just even something that I wanted in my life. It just felt too heavy for me. Mm-hmm. So what turned the corner for you? What what was your path to change your mind? Yeah, great question. And that's really where everything changed. It's when I became a mom myself. Oh, I just got chills. Definitely. I, me too. <laughs> me too. 
You know, what, having my daughters and I, I birthed them, um, my oldest daughter in an Okinawan birth center on the floor and a tatami mat floor. Um, I birth, uh, birthed my youngest daughter at home in a pool of water mm -hmm. and just the whole experience of being pregnant and birthing my girls. I knew that I had to find my birth mother and thank her for this beautiful life. Thank her for giving birth to me. Thank her for allowing me to then have my daughters. I know, I know it is. I'm sweating. It's a, I sometimes I'm like, is this my story? Wow. You know, is this me? But wow. it, it is. It's so beautiful. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm so moved. Mm. Wow. Okay. So, so you have your children, you make this clear decision. What happens next? My husband, he's an active duty Marine. And at the time, you know, when I had my youngest daughter, I think we were married for six years. And I mean, at, my birthday didn't come and go over the, that time without him saying, have you done anything to find your birth mother? You know, it just became a regular conversation. Are you going to do something? I, I really think you should. And especially after our daughters were born and he, you know, I was very open about how I was feeling and, um, you know, he would encourage. And there was a point after my youngest daughter was born that I reached out to my mother, father, and the rest of my family. And I said, family, I'm going to do something to, to find my birth family. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how it's going to look, but I'm going to do something. And I just want you to know. And, you know, everyone was like, sure. Yeah. We support you, whatever you want to do. Um, and it wasn't for an entire year. I remember having this conversation like around my birthday in 2016 with my parents. And then it was in January of 2017, my husband, who's an active duty Marine, uh, went to Italy on a six month assignment. And he left around January 3rd. Well, the night before my birthday, which was my birthday is January 22nd, the night before my birthday, I'm laying in bed and I'm nursing my, um, I think she was 15 months old at the time. I'm nursing my daughter. And it just struck me, you know, I was like, I, tomorrow's my birthday. I need to do something to celebrate. What should I do? And then I just was really reflecting on like the last, you know, 41 years of my life and just this self doubt, this always questioning, this not feeling whole. And I'm like, you know what? I don't want to feel that way anymore. I am not going to feel that way anymore. And it was in that moment that I made a decision that little did I know is going to change my life forever and the lives of, of so many people. So I decided that I was going to go live on Facebook the next morning and I was going to ask for help in finding my birth mother. So um, I remember I, I picked her up and I, I put her in her little bed and I went into my office and I made a sign out of Crayola markers. And it said, 41 years ago today in Greenville, Pennsylvania, a woman gave birth to me and I want to thank her for this beautiful life. Please help me find her. So I, 
I texted a friend. I called my husband. I said, I'm going to do this tomorrow. Here's the sign. And I'm going to do a video. And they're like, whoa, okay. Yes, we got you. So I'm like, if I don't do this, please reach out to me and remind me how, how much I, I, I was adamant that I was going to do this just the night before, like just in case I chickened out. So um, I went to sleep, woke up the next morning, got my girls ready for church. Now I was never a big church goer, but I really felt moved to um, celebrate and to ask for higher assistance and to be in the presence of spirit in that way. So um, I did the video, I held up my sign and it was backwards. And I kind of, I took some photos and I held it like up over my face. Like I was still, as I'm doing this video, like holding it up over my face, like, am I really doing this? You know, I'm still hiding a little bit. So I did the video, the video was like one minute long. Um, I asked, I asked for help. I shared just a little bit, just about what was written on the, on the paper. And then I turned the video off. Now I had been going live on Facebook for, um, about maybe two, two and a half years already. So I had already created an online brand and an online presence on Facebook video. So, um, needless to say, the people that saw that video were shocked, um, but um, it just started, um, like once I did that video, it's just started everything in motion and there was no stopping it. Wow. So, okay. So what happened next? I know that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So next I, I just turned everything off and I, I went to church and I didn't turn my phone back on for an hour and a half. I got back into, gotten back into my car and I'm like, okay, now I'll check my check my messages, check everything, turn my phone back off of airplane mode. And um, what I found was just like overwhelming. I mean, I, I, I had never imagined like what I was going to find. And I listened to some messages and one of the messages said, Annie, you, you need to call me. You need to call me right away. I think you're my sister Marie's daughter. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm calling right now. So I put my headphones in. I got my girls in the back in their car seats. And I'm like, I'll call right now. So I call, I call him up. His name's David. I call up David and I say, David, it's Annie. Tell me everything. And he's like, whoa. He's like, are you, are you driving? I'm like, yeah, I'm totally driving. It's all good. Like I'm in DC, <laughs> but it's fine. I got my headphones. And he's like, I think you need to, I think you need to call me when you get home. What I'm about to share with you is a lot. And it was in mm. that moment that I knew mm. that she had mm. died. Oh. Oh. We'll be back with Annie Peguero's beautiful story of finding her birth family after the break. Before we get to the conclusion of Annie's story, I want to take a short pause to welcome new listeners and followers and thank those of you supporting us at patreon.com slash alwayswanted. I'm really glad you're here, and I want to get to know you better. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please email me at liz at or message me on Facebook or Instagram. 
If you like what you hear, please share it with your friends and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. If you have time for a five-question survey, I'd really appreciate your answers. You'll find it at lizsumner.com survey. Let me know when you filled it out, and I'll send you a coupon code for a free copy of my online course, Eight Steps to Launch Your Dream Life. Thank you so much for listening. Here's the rest of the interview. I knew in that moment that, that, she, that she wasn't alive, that she had died. So I drove home and I got my girls set up with a show because they were really small and I I needed to have this conversation. Like I said, there was no Mm -hmm. stopping it now. So I got them with a snack and a show and I called my husband in Italy and I I told him what happened and um, we asked David if if he would meet with my husband, Al, and I over Zoom to have, um, the, mm-hmm. to have this conversation about my birth mother. So of course he did. And we, we talked with David and his wife, Mary, for, you know, over, over an hour. And it was a beautiful conversation. And he shared everything that I had always wanted to know for my whole 41 years. Oh, wow. That's so cool. I want to go in two different directions. Both I want to know what you learned, and I also want to know how he heard. How did the message come to him? So whichever one of those you feel like answering. Sure, I'll answer both. Um, and But first, uh, let's start with how he received the message. So um, one of the first people to see my live video was a, a beautiful woman named Vi. And Vi had worked with my mother, my my adoptive mother at a hospital. My mom was a, a nurse, an operating room nurse for, for her, her whole life. And Vi worked with my mom at the hospital. Vi also was married to my birth mother's cousin. So when, when Vi saw this video, she was flipping out. She was like, oh my gosh, I knew it. Now these are old school Italians. So they're very, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. So she immediately calls David and said, I, Marie's daughter is asking for help to find her. She, she is on video. And, and she's like, and I know her mother and I knew she always looked like us. That's what she said. She's like, she always, I knew that she always looked like us. So my, my birth family, I have 26 first, first cousins and they all, we all look like me. I I always say I'm the second oldest and they, they all look like me. (laughs) So there was no denying. There was no question. It was you know, super clear. I had even uh, purchased one of those like DNA tests, like the 23, like mm-hmm. whatever they're called. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I decided not to do it. I'm like, I, we don't even need to do this. Like there's, there's no reason to do this. Plus I didn't want my DNA like stored somewhere, but uh, <laughs> there was, there, <laughs> there was, there was really no question. So um, in our con, my conversation with David and Mary, they, they told me that Marie, my birth mother, was one of uh, 10 siblings. 
there was five girls and, and five boys and Marie was killed in a car accident when I was 16 years old. So in, um, 1991. In 1991, she was driving in Pennsylvania, preparing for a trip to go to California with her parents. But during this trip, she was going to see my birth father, who she hadn't seen in, you know, 16 years since they, they gave me up for adoption. So, you know, all of these things are racing through my mind and all I had to do, all I needed to do, all I could do in that moment was just allow and just be at peace that this is, this is the path. This is what was meant for Marie. This is what was meant for, for me to learn about my family in, in this way. And it is all divine and perfect timing. So um, I struggled with believing that for a bit, you know, honestly. Um, but what I what I received and what opened up after I had let go of of this fear that I had around what I was going to find was um, like really like a, a core rocking experience. So one week after I I did that video, uh, the whole entire family was my birth family was having a Christmas gathering on January 29th, which is also my mother's birthday, my adoptive mother, which was also her birthday. So I drove from Virginia up to Erie, Pennsylvania, and then uh, myself, my daughters, and my mom and dad went to Greenville, where we met everyone. We met my uh, maternal grandfather. So being able to see my father with my maternal grandfather, you know, sitting at a table, um, shaking hands, hugging, um, talking, uh, I know that, that it brought so much peace to, to both, both of them, to my father and to my, my maternal grandfather who lost his daughter all those all those years ago and just knew that I was out there mm -hmm. somewhere but um they were never going to be able to to reach out to me through the courts because mm -hmm. of the way that the adoption mm -hmm. took place mm -hmm. yeah wow and and what else did you learn about who your mother was yeah, she she was she loved music. She loved to uh, hang out with friends. She was very much a free spirit, but also she had gone through a lot of pain. Mm -hmm. Her her husband, who was like the love of her life, um, died tragically in like a an anaphylactic shock mm -hmm. um, episode after. Uh, receiving some medication uh, or a shot at a, um, a care center. Mm -hmm. So um, after that, she, you know, it, her her life really took a um, a, a sad sad mm -hmm. turn. And I know that she, from talking with my aunts, she really had a hard time um, coming back from mm -hmm. that. And you know, many of them shared that when when she was pregnant with me. 
they shared that there was just a, of course, a lot of, of struggle. You know, she was 15 years old. She was 15 years old. Um, my birth father was just a couple years older than her. You know, they were high school sweethearts and there were already 10 kids underneath my birth mother's roof. And it was, um, just, you know, I, I was either going to be raised there with them and there was already like, um, not, not very much space mm -hmm. or room mm -hmm. or, um, uh, also what that was going to do to, to her life. Mm -hmm. So I just, I trust that it was a challenging, so, so hard. I mean, I don't even have words for what it must've yeah. been like for, for my birth mother, Marie, and for all of her siblings, for her sisters who comforted her, who laid in bed with her mm -hmm. sobbing, you know, after she came home from the hospital with an infection, because apparently they didn't give her the care mm -hmm. that she really needed. I had somebody reach out to me who was also giving birth in that same hospital in the room next door, um, which was fascinating. Um, she told me that she was having her son at the same time my mother was having me. And she basically wanted to reassure me that that they were talking like, because they could overhear. Mm -hmm. They were talking through, they were they were struggling, they were, you know, uncertain. Uh, but in 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 the end, I mean, which was when she she gave me up for adoption, I trust that it was she did the best that she could. Sure. My grandmother, her mother, they they did the best that they could at the time. And in the moment, you know, in in speaking with David and Mary, and then meeting so many of my aunts and uncles and my my maternal grandfather, uh, just releasing that kind of um, anger. Mm. I mean, I. Why? Why? Why is this my path? Why did this happen to me? How could she? Mm -hmm. Which is what I thought mm -hmm. for so many years. Mm -hmm. And even after I had my own daughters, you know, I was like, how could she carry me, birth me, and then give me up? So it was a giant mind mindset shift for me in just moving into a place of joy mm -hmm. and acceptance mm -hmm. and and love and just allowing allowing and believing and knowing that i am whole i have always been whole and i came from love into love and that was probably the biggest lesson that that i learned through through everything was that i have come from love into love wow Wow, that's a beautiful, um, beautiful sentiment. And I, I sort of don't want to ask stupid other questions because I might put that at the end. <laughs> that's so beautiful. So you must have gotten to see photographs. Oh, yes. So my, um, my aunts and uncles made me at like a, a, a box, a beautiful box. And inside of it, they put photos of all of um, my mother's siblings, so all of my aunts and uncles, and then index cards 
with written, you know, who their children were because, you know, there's okay. 26. Mm-hmm. So, you know, <laughs> and then great grandchildren. So I don't even know how many. Uh, so they, they made like a, a really beautiful uh, gift for me and presented me with a, with that and also a family tree. So I could, I could see it. I could look at the photos um, and have that connection. So, you know, you can imagine for, for me what that was like, like not, knowing another blood relative except mm-hmm. my own daughters for my whole entire life to then all of the sudden be gifted this this box mm-hmm. of you know just so many people mm-hmm. who have been thinking of me sending me energy praying for me wondering about me you know at every family gathering mm-hmm. and i can't even imagine what it was like when marie passed away i know that my um one of my aunts, Chrissy, had reached out to the adoption agency mm-hmm. and put like a note or like um, a memo in in the file and Uh-oh. said, if if this woman, now woman, you know me, mm-hmm. baby at the time, if if she ever reaches out, mm-hmm. we want to hear from oh, her. We crazy. want to know. So I know that she she tried. Mm-hmm. You know, she did all that she could yeah. to to make sure that I knew if had I ever started the search that I was welcome, that I was wanted and that they wanted to, to hear from me. This is so beautiful. Wow. It's amazing. And it must have been such a treasure for her family after 20 years to, to have a little piece of her come back to the family. Wow. So much, so much. And we, we joke about it now that they, they just couldn't stop touching my face. You know, they just were like rubbing your face and we were just like all the selfies that we would take and we just could not believe. Um, and when we went to the, the, the celebration, uh, the Christmas celebration, um, you know, among like all the food and lasagna and meatballs and sauce and everything, they had lined up uh, so many photos of Marie, like chronicled her whole life from when she mm. was a baby um, and until, you know, she as adult when she passed away in her um, 30s, early 30s. So they had prepared this um, so that I would would be able to see, you know, right, right away. It was so beautiful, and I'm just like, but as I as I share this again now, I you know I I talk about this, but but not too often. I certainly don't share the whole story like this very much, and I haven't for for a while, especially on somebody else's podcast. So this is just a really beautiful experience for me to to go through it all again and and to share it all. Um, just hoping that it my story will inspire someone. And if this doesn't, like if somebody's listening and they're like, well, you know, I'm, I'm not adopted. Like, I don't know, like, how does this apply to me? It, it is very much a story of recognizing what's going on inside of your body. You know, recognize, I recognize that I had just an extreme amount of self-doubt, so many questions. I just, I felt like like I was never enough. I just felt like I was not, I was unlovable. How could I be lovable? My mother gave me away as a baby. 
you know, all of these things. Mm -hmm. So maybe, maybe your story isn't exactly like this, but I don't want you to push aside what is coming up for you. And I'm like, well, what if I had not pushed it aside for so long? Like, what if I did this video earlier? Like maybe I would have known my biological grandmother or, you know, and I have to forgive myself and allow and know again that it was all perfect timing. But if this story can in, can inspire somebody else to to not push aside their feelings, but really like go on an adventure with it and start to question why things are coming up because that fear mechanism is there to keep us safe. I could have stayed safe, you know, and not done that video, but what, what would that get me? It would just have got me more questioning and, and more doubt. And I was, I had, to, I had to release attachment to the outcome, you know, whatever I was going to find I had, I had to know and like really trust in my heart that I was going to be okay with it. And it, it didn't have anything to do with me. Like if I, if I met a situation where who, my birth mother or their family or whatever, wasn't ready for, for me or what, or didn't want to have anything to do with me, mm -hmm. I was prepared. I was prepared for that because I knew that it didn't have anything to do with me. It was, it's just what it was. So, you know, just, just noticing feelings that come up for you and then trusting that you're doing the best you can and moving forward, not being fearless at all. Like, I don't believe in being fearless. I believe feeling the fear and recognizing why you're having the fear and then being able to move through it because what's on the other side of that self-doubt that shame that unlovable feeling is something that like literally you would never even imagine would be possible for your life is there anything that now that you have gone through this and gone through this process if you if somebody were going to do the same kind of thing. Are there lessons that you've learned or things that you do differently that you would advise somebody else to do? Oh man. I think just trusting, you know, trusting that you have everything inside of you that you don't need to, to Google and you don't need to, you know, ask permission and you don't need to, you know, do all of these things externally, that you have everything you need within yourself to, again, you know, recognize what's coming up for you and then take action with what is in alignment with your highest self. So it does take some, you know, being really honest with yourself about what you want, about what you are are able to to release attachment to you know i had i went through so many scenarios i i did go to, through the scenario like what if she had died but i guess i didn't i didn't really fully understand that you know like i didn't really fully grasp like what that was going to feel like what that was going to mean for me and i i do want to share light yeah. shed light on this yeah. um after we left the church, this is beautiful. After we left the church and we were going to the restaurant for the celebration, the my birth family drove drove me like to the cemetery where I was able to 
connect with my mother for the very first time. And they had, they planned this out. They, they, my, my cousin's um, fiance played Amazing Grace on the bagpipes as I stood there in front of, of the, I know, in front of the, the, her grave. And I remember um, it was freezing cold. There was a snowstorm. It was January. And I, I just like collapsed to my, to my knees and which I didn't, was not prepared for that, that type of response. And I just um, crouched down and I just said, thank you, you know, thank you, thank you. And I grabbed, um, I like dug my hand down in the snow and I like grabbed the dirt and I, I pulled the dirt up and I just held it, the, the dirt to my heart because that was her, like that was the connection, the earth, like the, my mother. Yeah. Um, yeah. And my father came out with me and he put his hand on, on my shoulder after I had been there by myself for, for a little bit. And he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, I'm with you. I'm with you. And I knew that, you know, whatever happened moving forward, it was all going to be okay. You know, I knew, I trusted that I did the right thing. I trusted that I was received in love and from love. And now I have this, this chunk of dirt, you know, that might be silly to some. And I put it in a jar (laughs) and I remember, I'm like, don't touch that Mm -hmm. chunk of dirt in the back of the rental, you know? (laughs) So... (laughs) I took this chunk of dirt and I, I brought it back to Virginia with me and I brought it to Okinawa, Japan with me and I brought it back to Virginia with me and it's in my, my closet in the drawer and, you know, frequently I take it out and I just hold it and it's, it's just a, a symbol of root, you know, of, of where, where I, where I'm from. And I just, I, I have so mm. much thanks and gratitude. And that's, that's what I want to, to share with, with anybody who's thinking about doing this. Wow. Did I get messages? So many messages from, from other people who have a similar story and they were like asking me advice. What should I do? And I mean, I, I want to be like, do a video on Facebook, but you know, that doesn't match up for everybody. That doesn't, that's not, It's a unique thing for me. But if somebody else feels moved to do that, feels like that is truly in their heart, their desire, then I encourage you to, to do it, you know, do what, what feels right in your heart. Are you open to people contacting you to, to get advice? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You can reach out to me. Um, my website is anniepagero.com. Uh, Instagram, instant message is a great way to reach me. Yeah. And I'll put all of your links into the show notes. Fantastic. This has been great. So this must inform your coaching. Tell me a little bit about your work. Sure. Um, yes, I, I help I help women. I'm a high-performance mindset coach, helping women adventure with self-doubt. So that whole feeling of, you know, when you're going on an adventure, when you're when you're seeking out an adventure, you know, recognizing those maybe not so positive feelings that come up for you, things like fear doubt, you know, overwhelm, stress, questioning yourself. Um, I help women 
lean into that to be able to create a life of joy and abundance. I mostly work with entrepreneurs, women who want to build a business online or expand you know, they're, they're already established business, but they feel stuck. They just don't know the next step. So, um, different than like a regular business coach, I really help kind of, um, peel back the layers and explore those feelings and take that a step further to go on an adventure to create something really beautiful. That's sounds very useful. Anything you'd like to say in conclusion? Sure. I think that, you know, I think that it's all about self-awareness. You know, um, I certainly have uh, a way, a long ways to go. I'm always, you know, we're all a work in progress and <laughs> we definitely, um, you know, I, I do recognize and celebrate this huge, huge uh, win in my life, you know, for myself, my family, my daughters who now have biological, you know, relatives. It, for me, it was just a smart thing to do also. Um, and, you know, it's, it's just recognizing and knowing that you are whole. You are whole. And all that, that talk that goes on in your head, they're just, it's just talk. It's just thoughts. And I just want to encourage all of your listeners to just be an observer. Be, be kind of on the sidelines questioning why feelings are coming up then you're you're be more able and prepared to to take action from a place of love and wholeness yes this is great i do want to to um to share about my podcast also it's called um adventures with annie Pagaro. so thank you for this opportunity to share on on your podcast liz this is has just been so awesome this has been wonderful. I had no idea I would be so moved. Your story is, is just exquisite. Thank you. Thank you, Liz. My thanks to Annie Pagaro. You can find out more about her work and her podcast in the show notes. I invite everyone to write and tell me what you've always wanted to try. I'm Liz Sumner, reminding you to be bold, and thanks for listening. <laughs>